0: even though we are under the two generations gaming banner this is one guy reading whether you mentor or not you found noobs book club i'm sean noob of all trades from two generations gaming and in this particular series i am reading and reacting to dragons of fate the second volume from the *Dragonlance destiny series by margaret weiss and tracy hickman in this particular episode i'm going to read through chapters 25 26 and 27 This episode was supposed to come out yesterday, but Friday ended up being busier than Fridays usually are. I had a doctor's appointment. I went to Aiden's soccer game. I came back. I took Quinn down to the spaghetti supper because we thought some of his friends might be there. They weren't, but he still had some spaghetti. I had a good salad. And Liam picked him up, brought him back home, and I ended up going to the first half of the football game down at Mahar. Then yesterday, Christine felt sick, so she spent the whole time in the bedroom, which is my recording studio. So, I didn't get a chance to come up yesterday and record. But, I'm recording today, I'm releasing today, better late than never. We'll get back on schedule for Wednesday with episode 10. For now, episode 9, chapters 25, 26, and 27. Chapter 25. Huma fell asleep next to Gwyneth, holding her. She stays awake, determined to protect him, since once the battle happens he will most likely die. He smiles in his sleep. She feels such happiness that she wishes it will last forever. The happiness lasts only moments. Having somehow managed to doze off, the sounds of massive leathery wings wakes her up. he Huma stirs, but she hushes him back to sleep. She dresses and leaves him, running out to the battlements. Fearing a battle, she sees no movement among the troops. Instead, Emelatus flies above, diving directly at the tower with an intent to attack. She runs back to raise an alarm. Himaladis' roar shakes the tower. The dragon dives into the courtyard and unleashes a breath of fire on the doors. Impervious to attack, he does little damage. Gwyneth again looks for backup. Nothing. No other dragons. No goblins. Literally nothing. What is this dragon up to? In spite of her delay, word travels quickly through the tower. Drums beat the warning... And call to arms. Imolatus pays no heed. Continuing continuing his assault with fire. And then his claws. The doors bend under the assault. But they do not break. Men shout and get ready for the battle. She realizes that Huma will be awake. And must go to him. When she finds him. He's trying to prepare for battle. She helps him. And he excitedly proclaims battle. Not so fast cowboy. It's just a dragon. What the fuck? He's trying to destroy the gate. And with it, the temple, they both work out together. Huma is ecstatic. They try to gather. Destina nor Raclin are in the rooms. Only Ma- only Magius, but they don't want to disturb him if he's casting a spell. She asks about warning Titus. He says, there's no time. Follow me. He leads her down a corridor into the Order of the Clarists' private staircase. It leads directly to the altar without having to mingle with the common folk. He tells her a story about himself, Magius, and his sister exploring it and getting in trouble. He laughs and then gets serious about Amilatus. Tell me more about him. She tells him of the dragon breath and the dragon fear. She also gives him the advice that the breath needs to recharge 30 heartbeats. Okay, I can use that. She then says she needs to enter the battle as a dragon. Okay, let's go. They kiss and realize their strength together. Chapter 26. Raceland stays up all night worried about Taz. In spite of himself, Belgrave promises to let them know. When Dawn approaches with no update, he retires to bed. Sturm joins him. Destina and Karen wait up a bit longer. As they walk, Sturm and Raceland talk. What do we do if Taz isn't back? We have two days, according to Karen. Question remaining. Raceland plans to cast a sleep spell on Destina and send her and the gem back with Karen. As they talk, the dragon attack happens. This is all wrong, says Raceland. And yet, it happens. They run to the parapet to scout what actually is happening. They see only the dragon. Raceland again insists that this is wrong. Unless, what? Unless Magius used the orb. But Magius is supposed to die before using the orb. Unless history's been changed. Sturm hears the call the arms and answers it. Raceland wants to check on Magius. They stumble on a dead man, corroded. Also, bloody footprints lead to Destina's room. Okay, new plans. Sturm will go to Destina. Raceland will check the room for intruders. He finds her door unlocked, but the room is empty. When he turns back around, he bumps into Magius. Magius hasn't used the orb, but he becomes excited about the impending battle. He has a scroll with a strength spell that Raicelin can use in the battle. Raceland is far less enthusiastic, because this is all wrong. As he thinks, he comes to the realization that the dragon may be creating a diversion to get the gem. They both agree that, that hiding the dragon orb is a necessary precaution too. Raceland finally breaks and tells Magius the truth, that he is captured and tortured. Initially, he takes it as a joke, but Raceland insists. What about the future? Future be damned, Magius's own words. Magius thanks him for his honesty, but he refuses to live in fear. If we fear death enough to stop living, then we are already dead. He asks Raceland not to tell Huma. The honorable bastard will do something stupid and try to save me. He despairs the orb, and suggests fighting the dragon from above. He lights the staff, revealing two strangers. Well, we have our intruders. Race then recognizes Mother as a magic user immediately, even though it is still too late. She shoots black lightning at him with only emotion, and it boils his blood. Well, well, we have two mages. I like the older one, Mother says. She throws a rope at him, and uncoils as a snake, and then coils around him. Thorns sprout and pierce his skin. The more he struggles, the more it binds him and injures him. What about the other one? He's young. He's useless. Kill him. She grabs him behind the head and he feels a paralysis spread up from his feet. It feeds off your pain, she says. I'm going to enjoy this greatly. Magius, in spite of the pain, slides his staff over to Raceland. The spell lifts. He still pretends to be paralyzed, though, knowing the alternative that they will kill him if they find out. Get the litter. We have the wizard. The others report that they found Destina. They take Magius and the staff. Magius is passed out, but Mother assures them that he's still alive and that Raceland is dead. They leave. Raceland vows to help Magius at all costs. Chapter 27 Destina and Cairn wait for Taz. Will joins them in a not-so-subtle gesture of keeping an eye on Cairn. Cairn yawns, and she tells him to go to sleep. He protests. They share a moment, and the ring from Chislev, quote-unquote, bites him. Hmm, the goddess must be trying to tell us something. He then asks about her mother, and Destina tells him. He responds by saying he left because his dad didn't approve of his life as a monk. They hear, quote-unquote, thunder. The dragon. Will excitedly rushes off to join the battle. Cairn reiterates the history has been changed. The mercs hear that, and they appear, saying that it's probably not likely. However, they remark how valuable the gem is, if it is true. Mother doubts the veracity of the claim, but they could definitely squeeze more out of the dragon for it. Karen demands they identify themselves. We've come for the gem, is all they say. Karen prepares to defend. Mother doesn't believe Destina when she claims that she does not have the gem. She shoots vipers from her fingers to attack Karen if Destina doesn't give it to them. Destina snaps. She grabs the gem. The ring tightens around her finger. Yanking the chain... Feeling the gem glow warm, and the chain snaps, she throws it at the mercs. It falls to the ground. Destina warns them that the gem is dangerous. Mother scoffs. She reaches to pick it up. The gem unleashes an explosion, both weak enough not to disturb the dust, yet strong enough to throw Destina against the wall. Once her vision clears, she sees that the three mercs are dead. She tends to Karen, and realizes that she is now free of the gem's influence. The gray gem simply lay... Blinking dolly in the center of all of them. And now for my reaction. New characters. The mercenaries. Okay, the lazy writing makes sense now. They only lasted a few chapters. Why invest much in their characters? So, one of my two hopes for them came true. They died a quick, painful death. Good riddance. I couldn't handle much more of them. Karen. Obviously not a new character, but we get new information about his past. Like many others in the story, he has issues with his parents. Someone more versed in psychology might raise an eyebrow here in relation to my love of this series and say, so, tell me about your dad. What did I like least? I knew it was coming. Raiceland spoke of it often in the context of history. As they became closer, he struggled more and more with whether to tell him or not. And, whether it happened this way or not, we get to see Magius's torture and possible death. Seeing that Weiss and Hickman make it painfully obvious that the Mercs are not of Kryn, I doubt it actually happened as written in this book. I imagine that if the dragon or Taquesas were involved, it would have gotten much worse. As it is, it was pretty bad, and I hated every minute of it. How can you not love Magius? Even hearing of his fate, he shrugs and readies himself for the battle, and perhaps the inevitable. He promises to look after Raclin and offers the scroll to his friend in that battle, knowing that he's not very powerful. When faced with the mercs, he immediately throws himself into the path of danger. Even bound by the thorns, he thinks of Raclin and uses the staff to break the curse. What's not the love here? So, the torture makes me hate the Mercs more. I also felt very uncomfortable during the scene. Look, I know his death is coming. I keep hoping that it happens off screen, so to speak. Raceland gets his goodbye, they return to their time, and history proceeds. Maybe Magius, knowing that Raceland gets the staff, has a message for him in or on the staff. Because, based on my reaction to this, I'm not ready to watch him die. Also, I don't see what's gained by making us endure that. Okay. Before I move on, I want to discuss something else. It's a traditional question in philosophy. Do you want to know when or how, parenthetically or both, you die? Additionally, how close to your death? This is especially for those quote-unquote no-spoilers folks out there. I haven't picked on you in a while. But seriously, is there any advantage to having that information? We already know we're going to die eventually, and it can happen at any moment. Even so, we waste time doing things we admittedly consider a waste of time. So I guess this question becomes a secondary question of, how many regrets do you have? Because if armed with information would cause you to change your mind or make another decision, then you probably regret that decision, right? Wait, wait, maybe I'm oversimplifying things. I mean, we want people to change their thinking based on new information. And saying that you spend less time on education or at work doesn't immediately imply, infer, I can't remember which it is, regret, right? i like to think that I would still pursue an education because that's always been a priority of mine. I'd definitely spend less time working, and that's absolutely a regret. So maybe I'm projecting. In any case, always a fun question to ponder. What did I like best? Human plays a lesser role in this group of chapters. Even so, his new leadership style is on full display. It took longer, but I love him just as much as Magius now. I can't wait to watch him and Gwyneth ride together into battle. The legend come to life. Also, Sturm grew on me over the course of this book. He actually listens to Raicelin and grows to understand the man more. All that's left is for him to let go of his prejudices, to accept Huma as the same man, but as an actual person, instead of simply that legend. But, true to my word, whenever Magius and Raicelin work together, they are my favorites. I already talked about how amazing I thought Magius was during the attack. Raceland, for his part, impressed me by telling Magius about the future. For someone who, A, spends so much energy lecturing everyone about changing the future, and B, has always been selfish, this represents growth. Sure, you might argue that even this may look selfless, but is ultimately selfish. You do have a point. If he can change his future for the better, why not try? But, if you never read the original trilogies, do that. This Racelin is most definitely different. Sure, he's still caustic and sometimes allows the bitterness of his injuries from the test to consume him. However, he can f- be forgiven for those outbursts. And they don't define his character like they used to. He also came clean to Sturm. Heck, I think I mentioned this previously, but he even shows an affection for Tasselhoff at times. When talking about Karaman, he comes to the realization that his brother deserved better from him. That development alone shows that even Raclin considered his previous actions and knows that he needs to change. My only hope at this point is that Magius's death doesn't send him back down the previous path of darkness. Okay, I found a reason to show the death. Allow Rayson to promise himself that that death is not in vain, and that these changes will persist, and that he will be a better person because of it. As always, thanks for listening. You can find us, if you haven't already, at www2 We have articles in another podcast. The episode one of the reboot to the reboot is up. The sound quality is not great on it, I did what I could with what we had, but we're working on some other ways to record next time. So the sound quality is better for episode two, which is going to go up in October. It'll be our spooky episode. This coming week, I'm going to write some articles about sim games. I'm going to do the trucker sim that I've been playing, the train sim that I've played, and then I'm going to pick up a racing sim to close out the month of September. And then we'll be into Spooktober, which is one of my favorite months of the year. There's also a link to our socials including our youtube which is getting more and more activity as we go along so that's a good thing i will be back with this series on wednesday talk to you then bye guys we are two King.